our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Happy, why do we start with that? Happy Wednesday or happy Monday. I don't know, just hope you guys are having a great day. It's a good podcast. Um, I think this is probably one of the only podcasts I've done specifically on dogs self-harming themselves in crates and having anxiety and walking through the entire process of what creates this anxiety as well as five, six, seven different things that you should be doing and definitely should not be doing to help with dogs who have this uh, anxiety and this codependency issue or whatever we want to call it. So it's a great, great podcast on, on learning how to maybe some, some new ways that you guys can manage some of these anxiety issues. And also, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions at the end of the podcast. If you want me to answer your specific questions, all you guys have to do is go over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review along with your question. Um, unfortunately, Spotify doesn't have an option for you guys to do that, but I always would appreciate you guys leaving a review regardless. It helps us grow. It helps us reach more dog owners and obviously help more dog owners. Quick little note, you guys, you guys can join the No Bad Dog Army. I'm picking one person from the members club to fly to their house at the end of the month to work with them and their dog. All you have to do is go up and sign for the all access program in the No Bad Dog Club. Link is in the description below. And also... We're coming to the UK in September. My UK peeps, people in London and surrounding areas, I'm going to be coming. You guys can come and hang out and audit and watch and meet with me. And of course, we have some uh, working spots available still as well. So you guys can bring your dog and we can work and train and do all that fun stuff. I can't wait to meet some of you guys that live over in the UK, um, either again from last year or meet some new faces. I'm really excited to get over there. So make sure you guys get your tickets, come out and support the No Bad Dog Army in the London area and make sure you listen to the end because we're going to be answering your dog training questions. All right. So I just wanted to talk to you about my dog Sarge. Okay. What's so, going on? What's going on with Sarge? So Sarge, I got him as a rescue. He was from the humane society. Uh, he had gotten hit by a car. So he only has three legs and he, I can tell that he's got like some like uh, anxiety like anger issues type thing. And so I've been, I'm a nurse and I've been travel nursing and I really want to be able to take him with me and cage him. Mm -hmm. So caging, uh, he gets a lot of, he's very bad in the cage. So I like watch your videos and I can get him to go into the cage and sit down and lay down and with no problem. But as soon as I leave, it's like he just gets overwhelmed and he, tries to get out of the cage and no matter how long I'm gone, whether it's an hour or five hours, he will try the entire time to get out of the cage. He'll like bite the bars. He'll drool. Uh, sometimes the bottom of the cage, like the trays will be full of his drool because he just pants incessantly. Mm -hmm. Um, is mm -hmm. to the point where he was like hurting himself. He would bleed and I didn't want to continue hurting him, but I can't also leave him out when I'm, in like when I'm not here because he'll right. also try to do that to like, you know, the doors and stuff like that. So 
I have been getting a babysitter because he needs somebody to be here with him apparently, but I, I really want him to be comfortable in the cage to keep him safe. But it's just, I don't know exactly what to do because no matter what I do, it just, as soon as I leave, he's just, it's like the anxiety overtakes him. And I do have a, I do have a shot collar. And so I sometimes will watch him on the dog cam. And like, if he starts to bite the cage, I'll like give him a warning buzz or something. But as soon as he tests it and I don't, then it's just like, he doesn't care anymore. Okay. And... <laughs> so is, is there, is there any particular reason, and maybe I missed this, but is there any particular reason why he has to be in the crate? When you're gone? Uh, he'll, yeah, he'll get into things. He'll um, try to escape, like, the apartment and scratch at the door. Uh, he will get into the trash. Okay. He will. I just don't want him to hurt himself, but at the same time, I think he's hurting himself more in the cage. Yeah. So the the crate is one of those things, like, for the majority, especially for a dog who you've adopted and gone through whatever they've gone through. <laughs> It's it's like dogs that are afraid of thunder or lightning or certain things. You you can't it's not it's not it's certainly not an obedience training. There's nothing you could do about that. Um it's it it is a behavioral type of thing, but there's just it's kind of um it's one of those things that certain dogs just do not like and there's nothing that you'll ever be able to do to get them to like it. However, there's things that you may be able to do to help um, with the, I guess, with the whole, the, the process of getting creative to do different things. So obviously a dog walker, like you said, you've already done is a good idea. Um, outside of that, what I would do is try to get creative to see if you can put them into an environment, uh, that maybe like an X pen or like, like a baby gate area where, um, he can, be in a, in a location without getting into things. The other things that really come into play is exercise with mental and stimu and physical stimulation. And then the amount of time that you're gone, because there's just some situations with any dog. It doesn't matter if it's a balanced dog or a puppy or an anxious dog. If you're gone for a certain amount of time, they're going to get into things and there's nothing. It's either they're going to they're going to get so bored in their crate that they're going to cause self-harm or they're going to rip up your floor because there's nothing you're, they can do because you're gone for 12 hours. And that's just, there's not no, nothing that God himself could do to, to change that. So I, that's, that's just off the, off the top of my head. So how long are you typically gone when you're to work? I work 12 hour shifts. And then how, how many days a week? Three. Okay. So three twelves. So during those three twelves, you, um, the only thing that I, I personally think, uh, that you, that you should be doing, um, on top of some of the other things is definitely hiring a dog walker, um, or even finding an alternative dog care system where you can bring him to somebody's house for the day, just because for an, for any dog, 12 hours is the whole day. That's the whole day. Yeah. You have, from when you're awake, from when you're asleep, um, that 12-hour shift is the entire day. So 
he's going to need care regardless of if he's sleeping in his crate, if he's whining in his crate, if he's ripping his crate apart, he's going to need somebody to take care of him. So that's off the off the cuff, just, just kind of exploring those options. Best case scenario is, is you can find somebody that works from home that loves dogs, or you find a friend or a coworker or somebody to say, Hey, is there anybody you guys know that? Cause there's, there's certain smaller little, uh, is he, is he good with dogs or do you not know? Or, uh, he, he can be good with dogs. It just depends on like, I don't the know dog. how he's okay. feeling. Okay. Yeah. And so, if they're smaller, he, he's fine with them. Okay. Cause that's, I mean, there's, there's so many different places throughout the country that have these little, I work from home. Um, I'm retired, whatever. There's these little yeah. like under the table type things where they just, they're like, yeah, bring over your dog. Give me 20 bucks for the day. So that, that honestly, that would be, that would save you from all of this. There's, there's nothing else you need to do just because yeah. if he's an anxious dog by nature and he has a separation anxiety or a codependency issue, that's one thing. But also on top of that, the 12 hour shifts are just long, like I said, for any dog. So best case scenario is to find a service that you can just drop them off when you're heading into work and pick them up on the way home. And, um, I know because traveling nurses, you're going to change your location at some point. So you'll just have to, that, but that's just part of having the dog that you have. Some people change their whole life. They switch their careers. They don't move. They, 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 there's so much that goes into making it work for that particular dog. But again, um, that crate anxiety is just something that is, is, is not one of those things that you can really eliminate once it's really embedded into their makeup, if you will. Okay. So, so that's the first thing. Cause I can talk about like, well, you could do a certain amount of exercise, both mentally and physically to get the dog exhausted and to get the dog to a point where they're safely pooped and you put on the radio and you give them fresh water and you head out. And then, but you know, after hour six, eight, 10, yeah. 11, they're like, it's just, it's not fair to them. So I think just having having a service, at least like right now, what you're doing, if you're having somebody come over once a day or whatever, um, I would try to do it, um, it as, as, as often as you can, like twice a day, maybe like um, in the beginning and then towards the end. Um, but well, I am. Um, sorry, I work nights. Yeah. So she comes over and stays all night with them. Oh, perfect. And so it's kind of like. It works. Yeah. But then if I want to go to the grocery store. Sure. I have to, like, take Got it. Okay. So that's a different thing. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, okay. th- yeah, yeah, that's good. No, that's great. I'm, um, that's, okay. that's, I mean, it's just, I, I want to just let you know that that's like, instead of trying to go against that, um, innate anxiety that some dogs have, or this, this really bad relationship that some dogs have with the crate and working against that and working against that, working against the nature and the grain, Cause I would tell you if like, if a dog's pulling on the leash, it's like, no, we can, we can mod- we could change that. Yeah. If a dog is jumping, barking, these are things that we can grind out. But when you get a dog that it has those types of issues and you're gone for that long, it's like, you, you really need to supplement that. So that's great. That's perfect. That's exactly what you <laughs> should do. Perfect. So, uh, uh, so now, now getting into more of the realistic, okay, you should be fine for an hour or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, again, I would immediately just try to get creative to say, okay, if, if the crate is this big of a deal is, do you, do you know what an X pen is? You familiar? 
it's like it's basically a like a baby gate uh that is it, it comes in panels that kind of collapses into like a little sandwich and you open it up and you you can just make a like an area anywhere in your house anywhere in your home doesn't matter where you live okay. what what you live in you it it basically you can get them in four i think four and six foot you go to the petco or PetSmart, they have them right there and it's basically uh-huh. just a you'll see it on the box it's it's a it's a panel like this and it just makes a circle and there's usually like a dog in the middle on the box but what we do for dogs like this and we do it at the facility all the time for dogs who maybe shouldn't be in a kennel but aren't good in a crate or or somewhere in that neutrality of maybe they we just want them to have more room so what we do is we we get one of those x pens and then we put it against a wall so if you have an area in your house, like in a kitchen, where there's not any furniture and there's not anything to get into or whatever, you can take it and make a U and pin it against the wall and you make a U and then they're in there and you give them a bone and a bed and something to chew on and whatever. And then that's, so you, so I guess you'd, you'd have to really figure out if it's the anxiety of the crate or it's boredom because that, that then comes into play of getting creative to figure out if you can put the dog in an alternative space to so get, yeah, go ahead. If I would think about it, I don't think it's boredom because I have left him at my house alone and he's okay in my house, but only my house. Like he'll go sleep on my bed, look out the window and he's fine. But as soon as I enclose him in anything, whether it's a crate or a room, he will want to get out. Mm-hmm. Like he'll break down the door. He will, tear whatever up in order. I don't know if it's just like he just wants more space or if it just overwhelms him, but mm-hmm. he has ruined a couple of my doors at my house trying to get out of things. So I, and he has escaped a couple cages. So I feel like he's very determined and yeah. he will do whatever he has to do to, I don't know, be free, I guess. I don't sure. really. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, yeah, I know it makes sense. And sometimes, um, it, it, the the crate stuff is a very big trial and error thing. Like that's mm-hmm. what we do at my facility. We have ten to eleven dogs doing our board and train program on any given day, and they're all rotating. Like on Saturday, three will go, three will come, three will go, three will come, whatever. So we're constantly changing. Oh, this dog. Oh, oh. And um, some dogs go in the crate, and some dogs go in the kennel. Some dogs go in the anxiety crate. Some dogs go in the impact crates. Every every dog is different, and we have to modify our because you can't can't go in there and start you know correcting them. And I mean, we can holler at them, hey, shh, 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 knock it off, right? And they may stop for ten seconds, but then it just gets worse. Like we had this one dog in this week that uh, scaled the kennels and just jumped into our arms as we were walking by. So we're like, okay, no kennel for you. And and these we're <laughs> so so we have these. Um, anxiety crates that are basically like um steel gauge well it's it's um uh, impact doesn't make this one impact does make impact does make a anxiety crate we got these before i started getting into the impact crates but i i do know the impact crate does make an anxiety crate that um is very successful um yeah he he has that one (laughs) And he will, 
he he's whittled down his teeth essentially to the point where yeah you don't want that yeah so, so I'm like over that <laughs> like I just yep. don't want him so yeah. so what I would do is um this is where you have to get creative and do trial trial and error of again like I would try the X pen thing but what yep. what what you can do too is is you'll have to start to desensitize um. Well, again, so exercise, uh, mental and physical is big. It's not going to, with a dog with real separation anxiety or a dog with a real code, excuse me, a codependency issue, um, exercise is only going to do so much. It's going to help. So making sure that he's getting worked mentally and physically. So testing him. A lot of people will ask, what does that mean? That means getting him out and saying, sit, stay, break, and then catching him. If he decides, you're basically test pass or fail test pass or fail um and it could be very this mundane boring thing if you want it to be if you wanted to keep it simple but it also could be new and challenging but either way you should be testing him because if you spent half an hour with this dog just testing him on his mental barriers like his thresholds there's a door sit wait you go through he gets up boom correction and he's really got to think well what do you want me to do then these are all things so you have to take his mind and put it in, put it, put that energy into different things to start exhausting his mental, his mental, the way that I tell people is dogs have a, a clock in their head and every day you have to unwind that clock in order for the dog to be fulfilled. And some dogs, that clock is, is a lot harder. Some dogs it's not like my St. Bernard, when he was around, I would walk him once and he'd be good for the day. My Dutch Shepherd, she has to play chuck it until she can't breathe twice a day. She's got to do some mental work. So every breed is going to be different. So you'll have to, I mean, seriously, like you spend a half an hour working on basic thresholds, place, stay, and making him think. So challenging him, um, catching him when he decides to make a decision to say, hey, I'm out of here. Nope. Then he's going to go, wait a minute, why not? And then you're like, well, you got to figure this out, bud. So you're using your leash pressure. All of those things are very, very – every single time we work – yesterday we worked with a young dog. He was out for an hour, couldn't even stand because he was so tired mentally. So a half an hour test of mental stimulation is is equivalent to an hour run on a on a hike or something. They're both good, but that mental stimulation is big. So um, what I would say is like, okay, it's – I'm going to go to the grocery store at one. That's my day off. You have more days off than you're working, which is kind of the cool thing about working at 312s, right? So if if you're, let's say, okay, one o'clock, we're going to go to the grocery store. We're going to go out or we're just going to test this. So maybe at at 12, you start doing five-minute little things. And you could get creative with it. Do the door, do the do the do do anything you can to test him. And then right around that one o'clock, he's tired, Um and then you, you put him in like a little X pen and then you maybe just go outside for 10 minutes and then you come back in. Have you done any of that uh, randomized leaving type of thing? You mean like here? Yeah. Like have you have you left and come back? Like Because dogs will get accustomed to every time you leave and you get ready for work, they know you're going to be gone all day. Or all night in your case. Yeah. So have you done um, any of that random stuff, just leaving for 10 minutes and coming back? No. Okay. That's what I would start doing. 
Okay. Because dogs are very conditioned beasts. <laughs> so <laughs> they know, they cue on things, right? So if you grab the leash, what's that mean? If you grab your keys, what's that mean? If you're putting your outfit on, what's that mean? All these things, they go, oh, I know what that means. So what I like to try to do for these situations is randomize your leaving patterns to just put them in the X pen, walk out the door, come back in five minutes and then five minutes okay. and go out and just get, be on your phone, send an email, whatever, go in your car, listen to music, take a cruise and randomize your leaving patterns because dogs will cue. That's why a lot of dogs, I think the anxiety gets worse. I mean, it, with humans, it's the same way. With kids, it's the same way. When mm -hmm. mommy or daddy get ready for work, you have this automatic sudden like, oh, you're leaving again. Like you're going to be going, you know, it's this thing. Yes. But if you randomize it and you're like, I'm, I'm walking out the garage door, coming back in. And when you come back in, don't even look, talk, even think about anything with him. You just, you're just, you're letting him know, easy come, easy go, easy come, easy go, easy come, easy go. And you're okay. taking the stress out of leaving for 12 hours. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> because um, if, if you're leaving for, at a, say you go to the grocery store, you know, it's probably a solid hour of, of that, yes. you know? So, but if you're not, if you're not decreasing the time you leave and coming back in pretty much every time you walk out that door, he knows you're gone for, you know, okay. a good amount of time. Yeah. So just remember that that's what I would do is just randomize your leaving patterns. And when you, in okay. two more important things, when you're leaving and when you come back, do not say anything or, or do anything to cue him that you're leaving. Okay. Just leave. Just leave. Here's what a lot of people do that okay. make, it makes things worse. It's okay, buddy. I'll be back in 10 minutes. It's okay, buddy. You're going to go to X's house or it's okay, buddy. You know, you, you got your bone, you got your, and what ends up happening is, is the dog will start going, Oh, Oh no. Oh no. And, and because you're telling them and you're alerting them, Hey, I'm about to leave, bud. You're about to be alone. It's about to suck for you. And you don't want to do any of that because it'll create unnecessary, very unnecessary stress and anxiety. Okay. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So don't do that because it, okay. think about it like if, if you have a little kid, like a little toddler, right? Three, four years old, whatever. And they're at the doctor's office and they're getting a shot. They don't know they're getting a shot, but then you get in there and you just start going, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. It's not going to hurt. You're going to be fine. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. Things are going to be great. It's going to be over quick. And they're like, what are you talking about? What's going to happen? What do you mean? You're, you're building them up for an anticipation of something that's going to be bad that you know about and you shouldn't do that. You should just, hey, look at that dinosaur. Hey. Like don't like completely just and, and the way you do that with dogs is you just ignore everything. Like you don't make big deals out of anything because you're you're cueing them and you're setting them up to say, I'm I'm about to leave. And by by doing that, you're immediately putting him into that state of mind of, Oh God, oh God, oh God. You just literally yeah. walk out the door and they're gonna go look because if so think about it like this. Say you say you um let's say okay, let's say you have a full day. And what you're going to do is you're going to walk out that door 
Um, so say at eight o'clock, you walk out, you come back in 10 minutes. Uh, at 8.30, you walk out, you come back in 15 minutes. At nine, you walk out, you come back in five minutes. At 9.30, you walk out and you come back in an hour. At at 10, you walk, so on and so forth and so on and so forth. The dog is gonna be like, they don't know the difference between you leaving for a long time and you leaving for five minutes. And you start to desensitize these things. So if you have a dog that is already like, ah, shit, you're leaving. And you're like, hey buddy, I'm gonna be back. You're a good boy. Things are going to be great. I'll see you soon. You got your bone. I got the camera. And they're like, oh, God. Oh, God. This is happening again. I hate this. Don't leave. Please. I can't handle this. I'm going to be bored. Right? And then you leave for an hour every time or 12 hours or whatever. But if yeah. you if you just literally are snacking on an apple and you walk out the door and they're looking at you like, well, that was different. You didn't say bye or nothing? Like, what's happening here? So that's what you really want to do is is really just randomizing. Am I going or am okay. I? It's it's a behavioral thing too. Like if you think about it, um, like say say you're a manager or you're a boss or you're a whatever. You're in charge of ten people, right? If you if every every week is the same, boss is going to be in at 12 on Tuesday, boss is going to be in at 12 on Thursday, the behavior of the staff could change because they know when you're going to be there. They they know, yeah. oh, well we got to be on, we got to clean up, we got to, you know, whatever. It just it's I think it's natural. I don't think it's bad or malicious behavior. I think it's just normal for for that to happen. But my point is is if you randomly come and go, it's just like, hey, we're just always going to be this or whatever. So I guess my point is, is just randomize these coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. Okay. And so on your days off, cause you have them more often than you work. That's what I would do is I would just, do you have a, do you have an apartment or do you have like a house or how do you, what's your living situation like? It's a, so now it's an apartment when I'm home, I have a house, but when I'm traveling, sure. Just kind of whatever I get. Yeah. So I would, um, yeah, I would just, I would, I would just, just walk out, go in your hallway, whatever, however it's set up. Um, okay. Uh, come back and 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 when you come back in, just no big deal. Your dog's gonna look at you like, what? What just happened? But when you come in and you go, it's okay, buddy. You got to think that every time you leave, they're just waiting for you to come home to give them that attention, and they're they're gonna take a deep breath and go, oh, thank God, you're back. Oh my God. Right. And you just, you don't want yeah. you know, that. You're setting them up for, for that anxiety. And obviously you, you don't want that. So I think just getting out there and just, excuse me, just going and, and coming and just random randomizing and not saying a word. It's going to okay. be really helpful. I can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause I've seen dogs create anxiety that wasn't there by doing what you're doing already. Yeah. So if, if you have a dog, with instinctual genetic anxiety or situational anxiety of like it's, it was created because of their experiences before. And then you do all those things that make the dog more aggressive. Then, uh, then it's like, it compounds it. It, it, it can make it worse. Okay. Okay. So mental stimulation. Yes. Okay. Mental stimulation and randomizing. Um, Leaving and coming. Yeah, it just and just get as like I said, get as creative as you can with your schedule. Okay. Um, and yeah, those are definitely yeah. two things I haven't tried. 
I do the walking. We walk a lot, but good. I don't think it matters to him, like physically tired, but yeah, yeah probably mentally. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's that's huge. Um, and and again, yeah. like those are just like the very basic first things of like you got to do these things for sure. Yeah. And if you're like, oh well, yeah, I'm doing all that wrong. It's like okay, that you're gonna you're gonna see some differences there. And then again, like. Um, the ultimate goal would be able to put him in like an X pen situation where he's just in this one location and he's, he can be a dog and really not get in into anything. Yeah. And the more you put him in that, th- that area. And then the other thing that I would do is put him in that area while you're home to okay. make it like this safer place and to desensitize him being in that place because what what you don't want to do is condition the dog that you're leaving under any circumstances because it'll create that anxiety so if you put him in that area while you're home he's like cool i'm cool with this and then maybe you walk out the door and he's like and then five minutes later you walk back in he's like huh and you just you completely throw them off is what you want to do. Yeah. But my point okay. is is don't put them in there every time you leave because you're def- you're deflating everything we just worked on. Yeah. Because you okay. come out, you come in, you come out, you come in, and then you put them in there and you leave for for a longer period of time. He's like, oh, when I'm in here, you're gone, gone. So okay. randomize it. Walk out the door when he's just walking around the apartment. Put him in there. Walk out. Put him in there. Stay home. Put him in there. Watch a movie. Put him in there whatever just randomize everything so he doesn't catch on to anything he's just it's just it's just a desensitization thing um because right now if you're doing all the wrong things of it's okay buddy create 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 i'll be back i love you i'm sorry it's just a complete breakdown of this sucks but if you just (laughs) randomize all of that you'll see it'll make things easier for him the only thing that I would say is after that um, leaving process or even coming back in process would be after hour one, he'd be like, okay, you're gone. And um, again, I think if you're, it's it, uh, when you're not working, it sounds like you're probably with him or, or yeah. mindful about how long you're gone for. So I don't think that that's an issue. So that's what I would do. I think that all of those things would be really helpful. Um, um, There's, have you tried any uh, like CBD or medications or anything at all to help with this? Yeah, I took him to the vet and I was like, he has anxiety, you know, and she gave me trazodone, clonidine and gabapentin and it like didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I was just I was just mentioning because when when dogs have this, I mean, medication can be a beautiful thing for both animals yeah. and and people. But, um, and I was just mentioning that because when you do have a dog that has this like real anxiety and it 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 takes away from their quality of life, then medication is is a great alternative to help kind of bridge the. Okay, buddy. Like, unfortunately, you have yeah. anxiety, but this is going to help kind of take that edge off. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot. That's definitely a lot of, <laughs> a lot of medication. I was just going to say like, maybe, I mean, gabapentin is, is nice. It's not really like, a um, I, the trazodone is, is more of like a natural, um, s- sedative that, that makes dogs calmer. But I would just say like maybe trialing 
a little bit of that. But if you've already done that and it's not working, then it doesn't work. It doesn't work for all dogs. But the other thing I was going to say is, is obviously like using just, um, some CBD products is nice. CBD is, is, is a, is it, you can take it every day and it kind of just helps just take the edge off a little bit to some dogs. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of products out there. I, I've always been, um, really liking the CBD MD products. They, but because it's such a big market now, you can pretty much go anywhere. You just have to make sure it's good quality. But anyway, I, I don't get too involved into that and like worry about that too much. But it is something like I would do that if 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 I had if I had your dog and I was dealing with that, I would start. I would do two months of that to see if that helps at all because it it does work with every dog differently. I've seen CBD work better in some cases than over the counter medication or prescribed medication just because it's more of a natural thing that works with the dog instead of, cause some dogs can get worse with medication like people. Yeah. It's okay. like you take, you know, you see the commercials of like, take this for this, but yeah. be, beware of all of these things. And it's like, I'd rather just have yeah. whatever I have. And I think CBD, cause, cause I've seen dogs kind of get worse with medication cause they try to fight it and they're vulnerable and they don't know what it is. It's kind of like somebody drugging you and you're, you're freaking out. Um, I've seen it get worse. Um, and in your case, it sounds like it just didn't work. So no yeah. big deal. Um, but I would, I would rec- it's not going to hurt. Uh, it's pretty inexpensive. Okay. It's a natural thing that the dog can take every day. Uh, like I said, I like the CBD MD products just because I know that they're lab tested. It's good quality. You could get them in like soft chews. You can get it in peanut butter. You can get it in droppers. There's so many different things. It's just one thing that I furiously, what, what should I get? That's good. They ship fast. Okay. Um, it's good stuff. Perfect. I will try all of these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would say mental stimulation randomizing your your uh, departure and your arriving times x-pen different locations of the house um and then in the future um it's, it's hot i don't know as far as like the remote collar and stuff it's it's, it's a battle you know because it's like yeah. like you said like if i had a dog that was so I'm kind of putting myself in your shoes. If I had a dog that was in my board and train program that was not good in a kennel, not good in a crate, in the crate we were doing the things that your dog is doing with the grinding down teeth and bleeding, I, would, I wouldn't I would be hesitant to use a remote collar on the vibration function. Like okay. what, what I would do is I would listen for the, the biting of the kennel and then – I would use the e-collar to discourage that behavior once they do it in the beginning to see if that helps. I think at the very worst case scenario is it doesn't do anything, you know, at the, I, I think at the, so it's kind of like, think about it like the way that I try to approach behavior modification for most just reactive dogs where they can't think, they just react so if I have a dog that is reacting towards other dogs because that's what they've done their whole life and they've never been told no and they've never been given an opportunity to do something alternatively, I will use the e-collar pager or vibrate to discourage that reactivity so they can think okay, and they can calm down. 
Okay. So a lot of times dogs get into this habitual um, pattern of you leave, I, I hurt myself on this crate. And if you can discourage that behavior and have them think of like, hey, look, it's really not that bad. Everything's fine. Like you're good. Then they might just fall asleep. And so I would, I'm just, again, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. I would definitely do that um, over using the stimulation to correct the dog because I wouldn't want to cause like an, like a, uh, any type of real, real, real aversion to the dog for, because I think it might make things a little worse. But if you can, the other thing that I've done creatively is I've put a e-collar, uh, the Tom Davis 280C, which has the high performance pager, which is a very intense vibrate. It's the most intense vibrate you can get on a remote collar. I've put it in a silver steel feeding bowl on top of the crate. And once I hear the dog doing those things, I'll I'll do that. I'll just, and it'll go on the top of their crate. And it kind of like, they're like, oh crap, that, what the heck was that? And then again, yeah. so they go chewing, chewing, chewing. They stop. They think, they think, they think. And the objective is, is for them to kind of doze off and just relax, right? So okay. that's th- those are some options that you have. Because if a dog's sitting in a crate grinding their own teeth down and bleeding out of their face, um, the e-collar correction is going to be far more humane than having them do that because of their own yeah. like self-inflicting issues and help them try to think clearly is, 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 is something that you can do. And you can kind of mix in these things to see what works best. But that's obviously a using modern technology to lend a hand in you being in the other room. And these are things you could do while you're home on your days off. If you can go out in the hallway with your camera on the dog and just, so he starts to chew, he stops, starts to chew. It's kind of like red light, green light, good, bad. Just being able to like, nope, nope. And discouraging him from that. And then uh, the goal is for him to go, well, sleeping's way easier. And then he just kind of <laughs> dozes off or he crawls around and finds something else to do. Okay. So I, I would totally think that that's fair to do um, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, you can get as creative as you want. The other thing that I would do um, or recommend potentially is if you're continuing to get like, hey, he doesn't care about the e-collar. It's like continuing to cause him issues um i think muzzling him on your days off is also a safe and fair thing to do where if you put him into the x pen in your kitchen area where he can't get into anything and he's just chilling he just got worked he's tired he's panting um you put him in there you let him relax and then maybe pop on the muzzle and then walk out and then help with that too. I guess I'm saying it, it would be fair to put the muzzle on so he doesn't grind his teeth down and bleed out of his face um, yeah. to to teach him how to handle it, right? Because if he goes, oh shit, I don't know what to do, arr, 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 and he just takes it out on his face, yeah. I think um, if you disable that um, outlet and that option of this is what I do and you and he can't because the muzzle's on. You just get a Baskerville muzzle that he could pant through and he'd be fine with. It's not like clamping his face down or anything like that. He just can't hurt himself. Um, and okay. taking taking away that option may 
make him think uh, to an alternative outlet. And hopefully that outlet is maybe sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so that's what I would recommend is, um, is that, yeah. Is there a certain muzzle that you said? I like Baskerville. Baskerville is, is, is nice because it's, it allows them to pant depending on how you wear it. It allows them to take treats. Um, dogs can even drink water through it if they learn how to maneuver with it. And um, it's also nice because you can pretty much get them anywhere. So okay. those are nice. Um, yeah, and you, you would just want to condition the muzzle uh, before you leave with it. Um, and yeah. But yeah, that's what I would do is, I mean, there's so many options. Yeah. Um, obviously, music, um, chew toys, um, all that stuff to kind of just yeah. like drown out uh, the, hey, I'm alone type thing. Yeah. I try to put on like uh, white noise type stuff. Yeah. Because I use that when I sleep because I sleep during the day. And so he's kind of used to that. Yeah. And it will kind of like drown out like people mowing, things like that. So. Yeah, I think it's a good. Yeah, I think it's a good idea um, just to help for sure. Um, Yeah, that's what what I would do is all that stuff. Um, And the the, kind of the good news is, is you're doing all the wrong things right now. So, of course, (laughs) like it's it's kind of, yeah, it is because it's like, okay, well, let's start turning all those switches off that you've been doing. And and like, oh, now it's now it's doing this and now it's doing that. And I think I think that that, makes sense when nothing was working. Right. Right, 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 because you're doing all the wrong stuff right now. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that would be okay. that would be my wreck. Okay, I'm gonna do all of those things. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Uh, any anything else? No, that's it. Okay. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Just remember, brain games. That's I mean, that's the number one thing is get that dog tired. And, um, I would always continue no matter where you go. So if you know, as a traveling nurse where you might go next, start, start looking up dog sitters, start, start applying Rover, whatever you do to keep that going, because that's the best case scenario. You get somebody that is his buddy and he likes, and they just come over and sleep on the couch with them until you get home. That's, that's the best. Yeah. That's kind of what happens now. And it is kind of, it's relieving. Like when I go to work. Oh, for both of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great day and thanks for signing up. Thank you. You too. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to get right into it. Summit and K, Game Changer, five-star review. Thank you so much. Hi, Tom. This podcast and your YouTube channel has been a game changer for my relationship and handling with my dog. I was curious what your thoughts were on the e-collar that uses tone. I have an e-collar that uses tone, but the stimulations are limited to 21. So a level one is much more intense than a dog model. My dog has done a great job recalling on the tone, but if I needed to use the stimulation, I believe it's too strong. Well, the tone... Um, it's great if you're just doing more of like, um, well, if you're using a level one and it's corrective on your dog, it's going to be beneficial for probably some of the things that you want your dog to do, like recall. And if they don't, they get a little nick. Um, sit, if they don't, they get a little nick. And I think the way that I would do it, 
um, with the tone would be tone and then Nick. Um, but I don't, I, I like using, I like to condition the dog on the remote. Um, that's my big thing. Um, there's still a lot of people, I would say the majority of people out there, no matter how I serve the dish to them, uh, don't get it. Uh, we recently put out a YouTube, sh- uh, what they call a short, um, which is like a small little video of me, uh, teaching people that the e-collar doesn't hurt. And I still had about 2000 messages and comments about people saying that, um, the shot collar shouldn't be allowed. So anyway, as you know, hopefully I like to condition the remote collar every day with new dogs to just teach them that the low level stimulation that they tingle on their neck is me. That way I can have that really easy ability to control them off leash in an emergency situation. But if you don't have those low levels, um, I think you're kind of limited to some of that in my methodology, right? So there's other trainers out there that would argue, no, never condition. It's just a correction. Why would you ever condition? That doesn't make any sense. Um, nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. It's just preference. I like to condition so the dog knows it really well. Um, it also gives you a rare opportunity to work with dogs who maybe can't hear you that well, or maybe dogs who can't hear you because they're too far away. And it's not fair to immediately correct them because you don't know what they're doing and you don't know if they're coming to you or not. So your conditioning levels gives you a great opportunity to just talk instead of correct. So, um, I like the idea of the tone because, um, for some dogs, uh, it, they respond better, but that's kind of my advice and opinion and thoughts on that. All right. Next is Hero042, five-star review. Learned so much from this podcast. So grateful for your content and the No Bad Dog Army and Members Club. Thanks for all the stuff that you do, or thanks for you and all your staff do. Congrats on your recent publicity and growth. Two dog psychology question. I have a friend that got her two rescue mixes back from a local three-week board and train home business. The trainer told them something that seems to contradict what I thought I've heard from you and Will Atherton, etc. One of their dogs is pretty, well, first of all, let me just stop. Um, it's okay if it's contradicting. I'm going to keep going into this. I don't know what, what this is about, but I, I, I preach about this a lot. Um, everybody has a different opinion. There is no textbook in the dog world of like, this is exactly how things have to go. That's why there's such toxicity in the dog world is because there are certain trainers and professionals and even dog owners who think that there is. And then they create a lot of tension and they create a lot of stress and they create a lot of, um, unnecessary, unnecessary battles where it's like, Hey, you do it that way. I do it this way. Moving on. Anyway, one of their dogs is pretty fear reactive and has a hard time being willing to walk or stand at their side or behind them. And what, and my own dog struggles with this as well. Her heel is repeatedly having to be corrected to keep going at least several steps ahead to wherever she won't see the owner's turn or when she is home and stationary and guests arrive. The trainer told them that this is because the dog is afraid of position, positions herself in front of the owner in order to protect the dog's back from feeling vulnerable. My previous understanding is that this behavior is less about self-protect and more about protecting the owner. Please clarify what's going on and help with these behaviors. I notice this in my own who seems familiar. Thanks in advance. Um, I'm really kind of confused. Her heel is repeatedly having to be corrected to keep from going at least several steps ahead to where she won't see when the owners turn or when her home is stationary, she arrives. I think this is more, I, to be honest, if you read um, Hero to Zero 042, reread your question here, it's kind of hard for me to digest. 
but uh, it sounds to me her heel is repeatedly having to be corrected to keep from going at least several steps ahead. To me, that has nothing to do with protectiveness and vulnerability. It has to do with your basic heel. And, and to be honest, it doesn't matter if the dog is protective or vulnerable. That's the point of the heel command. It's the same thing as if we asked a dog to sit and stay. I wouldn't give you an excuse of the dog isn't sitting and staying because they're scared. I would say sit is stay, and that's why we're teaching the dog stay. If the dog is constantly moving forward on the leash and breaking their heel, it's likely that the dog's heel isn't good. It probably has nothing to do with their vulnerability and how they feel. Although even if it did, it's still the point of why we say heel because it would be the same thing as my dog is repeatedly getting corrected because they see a squirrel in front of us. So yeah, I get it. You want to chase the squirrel, but you have to heal. So that's the way that this is coming across to me. If you want to try to clarify on this and maybe a different review or edit or something, um, but that's what I'm getting. I'm going to read, read, read your question back to me. Her heel is repeatedly having to be corrected from going at least several steps ahead where she won't see when the owners are turning. If your dog is several steps ahead when you turn, it's breaking the whole principles and foundation of the heel command. The dog is already out of the heel, so there's no way they're going to see you turn, which is the point of the turn, is to catch them before they get in front of you. So to me, that's just the dog doesn't know heel well. All right. It's been a long time. I love this podcast. I love this podcast. Tom is incredible explaining different training techniques depending on different dogs. My dogs used to be really reactive after she had been attacked. With Tom's podcast and videos, I've been able to help her feel confident and she is almost never reactive anymore. That's amazing. Uh, she's a five-year-old Irish setter golden doodle and she's super responsive and engaged. I feel like she's almost perfect. Our biggest issue is that she loves to bark. She used to bark at every noise in the house. The only thing that helps me say the only thing that helps me is by saying good girl and asking her to come to me when she will, st and then she will stop. But it isn't helping when people come to the house. She barks when the people come over and she will run to her place and then when asked to lay down, but will continue to bark the entire time regardless of the person. She will bark out of frustration when someone she likes. So she's just barking. She's a vocal dog. My question is, is how do I stop the barking when people come into the door? I think it's just a very classic case of positive punishment when the dog is barking. So if we are allowing the dog to bark out of frustration, happiness, or aggression, or, or whatever, um, and you're not doing anything about it very assertively, that's why it's continuing to happen. So historically, if we ask a dog to place and lay down, they'll not bark because it just gives them something to do, and dogs don't really love barking um, laying down. So, but that's not the case for this dog. So this is something that you'll have to just go a little extra and just add a little bit more pressure um, as the dog is um, barking and reacting. So that's what I would say to that. Um, so yeah, so I just get like a little slip, like slip leash or whatever your collar is out and um, work on the work on the barking, leave it correction. Um, so I think ask yourself, ask yourself this, is the dog getting corrected assertively and on time when the behavior's happening, especially it's an uh, it's an unnecessary behavior. The dog is excited, going wow, 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 wow. Let me go, let me go, let me go. That's something that you can you can correct, I think, fairly. So um, that's my answer to that. You guys have been great. Um, I'm going to be answering three more, so make sure you guys leave your review, and I'll answer them next episode. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys very much. Have a good week. Have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.